The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Archibald back to Chan. Reach shot score. The fourth line is struck again. This time it's Archibald to Riley Shan, whose go-ahead goal gives Edmonton a 4-3 lead. It would turn out to be the game winner tonight as the Oilers notch their 20th victory of the season. 4-3 over the Montreal Canadiens. Riley Shane, a big goal for him. Josh Archibald gets a goal and an assist. Drysaddle and McDavid back on the same line. They made an impact early, opening the scoring just 90 seconds into the first period. The Oilers jumped out to a 2-0 lead tonight, turning the tables. They had fallen behind 2-0 in their last four home games. Koskinen, 23 saves. He's 13-6-2 on the season. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Two minutes after 8. We're live in Studio 99, Overtime Open Line, presented by Heartland Ford. My name is Reed Wilkins. Rob Brown has been placed on the injured list. John Shannon will pinch hit as we get the show going on this Saturday night. John, good to see you again. And, uh, man, I thought a really strong game with Archibald leading the way from the Oilers' depth players tonight. I, I tell you what, Reed, the one thing that I would say is the inconsistent play of the Oilers of late we saw in Dallas their ability to be a little resilient, come back, win that game 2 nothing. Then the last couple of games, St. Louis and Pittsburgh, a little more inconsistency, and resiliency tonight was at the ultimate, both not only through the full game, but at times when Montreal came back and tied it at 2, came back and tied it at 3, and then that 48 seconds. There was 48 seconds in the third period where the Oilers thought they had scored. When Ryan Nugent Hopkins wrapped it off the crossbar, referee called it in, Dan O'Halloran went over to video review, realized that the puck had not got in the net, and then 48 seconds later with a lucky bounce on a flip pass, because it just sat there for Shane to pick up, that to me, that 48 seconds and resiliency of the Oilers spoke volumes of how this team, how this game turned and the tide turned for the Edmonton Oilers. Well, and one thing we talk about a lot is th- there are going to be s- sections of the game where you're outplayed. Can you limit the damage? Well, the Oilers were pretty vastly outplayed in the second period. Do we have a uh, head coach? Okay, let's... Uh, we'll, they have here's Dave Tippett. On the penalty kill, but in a checking role, in a role tonight where you're tough turnaround coming back at 5 o'clock the next day, you need everybody right in your lineup, throughout your lineup to chip in and not just chip in with points, but the work that they put in. And uh, it was just, we needed that right through our lineup, and those guys epitomized that. Did Negard add anything different to that line that gave him an extra spark? You know, uh, Nias, he's, he's a quick player. He's tenacious. You know, he's, he's still learning the NHL game. So he's, uh, you know, he's just a guy. Montreal's a quick team, so we try to put him there just to make sure we got the quickness we need. Dave, it seemed like uh, the group maybe sagged a bit after giving up that tough goal, like the shorty. Uh, did, did you like the way eventually they kind of came around? And yeah, I, I thought we, I thought the sag with us for us was the first two shifts of the second period. We come out and we were a little soft and checking, and they, you knew they were going to come out and come after us a little bit. So the first couple lines out weren't uh, just weren't as hard on the puck as we were in the first period. 
and uh, gave them some momentum. But I like the way we hung around the game. You know, we, like I say, you could tell the guys are, you know, when guys are tired, when they're coming back to the bench, they have a look on their face like, hey, I'm trying. I really am. And, and you can sympathize with them. So I like the way we hung around. We, uh, we got it back going a little bit in the, in the second period. Connor had a big goal there to, to uh, get us going. So it's kind of the ebbs and flows of it. And, uh, you know, we were able to finish it off. Uh, Dave, you, you've been down early in a lot of games lately. What was it like to score a minute and a half in and be up 2-0, you know, halfway through the first? And how did it change kind of the approach to the game? I like that better than the other, you know, than chasing it, especially tonight. That was that was imperative for us because in, in a back-to-back -back like this, you use a lot of energy when you're chasing a game. And uh, tonight we didn't chase the game at all. We were even at some points, but didn't chase the game. And we felt like we were... You know your control of it. You're not you're not using extra energy, worrying about trying to get something back. Uh, what were your thoughts on Miko Koskinen um, maybe going for the empty netter and the icing call? Do you think he was going for the empty netter or was he? he going wasn't. It looked kind of like. A I didn't think he was. He, if he was going for the empty netter, he's got bad aim. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I think he was just trying to clear it out of the zone. Right? Nobody close to him. So. I've seen that. I was coaching Schmitty when he scored like that. So I've seen that one. The purpose of somebody grabbing it and looking at the other goal and firing it at it. I, I didn't see that in Koski's eyes. <laughs> All right. Dave, you guys are 4-0 now in the second of back-to-backs. What, what do you make of that? You mentioned it can be fatigue, but you guys have found ways to win every time. You know what? It's, it's crazy as it seems. It makes you play a real tight road game a little bit, right? How I think our team plays best. So do things simple, just make sure you're not giving game away and we hang around games and have got wins. Our goaltending has been good, so I hope our team learns from that a little bit. It's not a, it's not a fancy game we play. We've got to play a good, simple, hard game. All right? Thanks. All right, that is Oilers head coach Dave Tippett live on 630 Chad. That interview presented by GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Reed Wilkins, John Shannon in Studio 99. Well, he touched on what, what we were talking about when that interview started. The mm -hmm. Oilers outplayed in the second period. Montreal had scored to tie it. And then McDavid gets the power play goal. So the Oilers are outshot 10-3 but they survive. They, they tie the period and have the lead going to the third. Particularly the last two minutes of that second period, Reed, when they, I don't think the puck did get outside the blue line, and, the, and the, the, the Oilers kept the Canadians to the outside for the most part. Uh, and then, you know, the, the interesting thing about talk, that, that Dave was talking about, Miko Koskinen, to me, the interesting thing was what we didn't give Koskinen credit for was a couple of really good saves early in the first period where the emotion of this team is so fragile at times that had he not made those saves and I mean two, the first two saves were really big saves and then all of a sudden the Oilers score so rather than being a 1-1 or down 2-0 down they're up 1-0 that to me is a big part of this and Miko Koskinen has just matured so much you know there wasn't a there wasn't a bad goal tonight he moved the puck well he controlled the puck his glove has you know been reinvented this year he did everything that a starting goaltender was supposed to do yeah the the canadians first shot on the game took them almost four minutes but petrie fired one right from the right. slot he got the pad out and and preserved the oilers one nothing lead by, by the way what, what a game jeff petrie played you know, three uh, points uh, <laughs> he was really good 
I, I think there's a lot of Oilers fans saying, wishing that Jeff Petrie had played that way in Edmonton. Perhaps he hadn't, wouldn't have been traded. Well, he might have if he, if they would have stuck with him a little, little longer. <laughs> well, there, there was a lot of, there were a lot of nights when Jeff Petrie played for the Edmonton Oilers. You couldn't be patient. So, <laughs> Oilers win it four three. Uh, I, I don't think Koskinen. It was funny. A tip was asked, but I'm not sure Koskinen was shooting for the empty net because yeah, his aim was off. He almost for a split second, I thought he might get the roll. Yeah, <laughs> and it <laughs> might, uh, it might curve in. I, I, I joked with Troy, our engineer upstairs. I said they, Smith would have scored that. Smith would have fired that top shelf. He actually might have. He, he, pro- he probably Because, yeah, he had time to shoot it. You know, and, and <laughs> between Koskinen and, and at the end of the game there, if you noticed who Dave Tippett put on the ice, he rewarded Nygaard, Archibald, and Shea in that last minute of play when, when really they needed good checking force. That's not a knock. At, a lot of times it's Connor and Leon doing all the heavy lifting at the end of a game. Those guys deserved the chance. They worked hard, four scoring points, and then being the checking guys that they were at the, at, as Montreal continued the pressure late in the game, uh, that to me was has to be one of the most satisfying situations for the coaching staff to watch that team tonight. Well, 39 games in, this this might have been the best all-around game from the Oilers' bottom six. And Tippett often says, I don't have a third or a fourth line. I have a bottom six. You hope you have one with speed and one with checking. But Archibald scores. Shane scores. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought Russell, Granlin, and, and Haas had some good moments. Granlin reinserted into the lineup. The season hasn't gone the way he liked. He played with some energy, helped draw a penalty. Uh, you know, Nygaard drew a couple of penalties. So it, it's often been they, they, they have a good night, they check, but they don't, they don't get the puck to the net. Today right. they got the puck to the net and finished. Yeah, that's right. I mean, when you think about everything that this team relies on of that number one line and by the way I uh, you know I know that uh, putting uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid back together appears to be a no-brainer for the fans but it ended up being a stroke of genius tonight against this Montreal team because those when when you look at the strength of Montreal if you can put those two guys together then you really are distracting the rest of the Montreal team in so many ways Reed. The Montreal forwards, other than comparing the top two guys, the Montreal forwards in the bottom six are comparable to what Edmonton's going through. When you think about some of the names that are out there, guys like Nick Cousins out for uh, playing for Montreal, Ryan Poling, Nate Thompson, Nick Suzuki, who's wasn't really noticeable tonight, Barber and Wheel. When you think about those are the guys that are the bottom six, the bottom six for Edmonton out- outperformed the bottom six for Montreal tonight, and that might be the story. Canadians win it 4-3 in that excellent game by the Oilers. Bottom six is our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. You can visit albertachiro.com. And the, the Oilers have won a lot of games this season because they won the special teams battle. Yeah. You can't really say that was the case tonight. The Canadians won for one on the power play with a shorthanded goal. But we talked about the big power play goal by McDavid. The Oilers go one for five uh, with the man advantage. And I will say this. Alex Chason was the flash of a pad away from scoring a power play goal in the first period with about seven minutes left. That would have made it 3 nothing. It might have kind of effectively ended the game quite early. That You're was right. probably You're Price's right. best save of the night. It was. And, and listen, we've talked a lot about Koskin, and Carey Price was pretty good tonight too. He did what he had to do. He gave his team a chance to stay in the game and a chance to come back. And uh, that third period, the, the third period that Max Domi played tonight for Montreal is one of the reasons you see how much electricity he gives to that Montreal offense. Well, he scored uh, a, a rare goal 
to me in overtime against Calgary, Calgary because yep. you don't you, most most overtime goals are two on ones breakaways the guys finishes you know, finishes off an open net and in this day and age in the NHL you don't see a lot of times where a guy does the Gila Fleur right. comes over the blue line and takes a slap shot and puts it right inside the post you know obviously he Nurse was frustrated after Domi undressed him a bit there early in the third period to tie it and it was. Domi, right. who created a chance right before the Oilers game-winning goal. He stripped Archibald of the puck. Right. Uh, the problem for him, his teammates had kind of already retreated, and he was by himself, and the Oilers took the puck uh, back. But he is a pest to play against. Oh, absolutely. Well, and again, on that play, and we talked about it earlier, the luck of the draw, that the flip pass goes to center ice and just sits there. And the Canadians defenseman is backing up. And it allows Shane and Archibald to get out of the zone and create the two-on-one. It was, this is a, you know, Oiler fans driving home will admit that this team has not had very many bounces in, in recent games. And they finally got a simple bounce on a puck that created that two-on-one between, uh, between Archibald and Shane. John, I appreciate your pinch hitting for Rob Brown. Well, I, I just working a little for the overtime. Record, for the record, this is not a Wally Pip moment. You know, <laughs> no. this is not Lou Gehrig coming in and Rob Brown never taking over. Rob, Rob Brown, will return. Rob does a brilliant job. I'm just happy to help out. Thanks for sitting in here at Studio 99. That Cheers. is our friend John Shannon. The Oilers beat the Canadians 4-3. We will have more post-game reaction from both dressing rooms. We have time for your phone calls and texts. In fact, we'll get to Greg, Robert, and Mike leading off the batting order before the bottom of the hour. The call, the uh, number to both call and text is 780-496-0063. Edmonton wins it 4-3. Back in a couple of minutes. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford on 630 Chet. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Gallagher faked the slapper. Now lets it fly and a kick save made by Koskinen. Another good start for Miko Koskinen. That is his save of the game for Jiffy Lube. Be wise, winterize. Koskinen makes 23 saves, helping the Oilers beat the Montreal Canadiens 4-3 tonight. Dreisaitl and McDavid reunited. They each had a goal and an assist. Josh Archibald, a goal and an assist. Jeff Petrie leading the way for Montreal. He had three points this evening. So the Oilers go to 20-15-4, trying to get it going here again. Just 2-5-1 in their last eight. 2-5-2. Two, in their last nine at home, the Canadians now sitting at 17, 13, and 6 on the season. They're going to play in Winnipeg on Monday. The Oilers will be in Vancouver. That's our next broadcast on 6.30. Chet face-off show will be at 6. The game will start at 8. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Greg standing by. Greg, you're talking to Reed. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, how's it going? Doing quite well. So I got a couple things. Um, I think our defensive play, we need to tighten that up a lot more because if we don't, we're going to go through a lot more of these um, sub-500 uh, endgame fans. And I also wanted to say something about Costin. Yes, he's playing better than Smith, uh, and I can agree with that. But I do, I don't, I disagree uh, about his glove. Um, his glove is still weak. It's still leaky. Um, the last few games, um, you know, the one off the glove today again. Um, and it, it, it is a problem. He's worked on it, but I don't think it's been rejuvenated. Um, and it, I think it's a it's an issue. And you can see that a lot of the times everybody's trying to shoot high gloves. So just your thoughts on that. 
Well, I think they're still trying to shoot high glove because of what they saw last year, and goalies are going to get beat over the glove. I, I, I mean, it, it will happen. I, I think it has improved. I, I don't. I'm not saying he's all of a sudden a, a wizard with the glove, but I, I do think it's noticeably better than last year. Um, I guess the one from Petrie today ticked off his glove and, and went in. So, but but again, I, I, I think it's much better than last year. And, and I think last season it was mostly a weakness in the final third of the season when he was playing a lot and, and got worn down uh, down a little bit. What was your other point? Uh, I just want to say, did you, uh, you see how a Hogwarts played today for Ottawa? Well, I didn't get was, to watch the Ottawa game. I was oh, watching this one. Unreal for an American hockey league goal. you got to watch the highlights of overtime. Okay. Appreciate it. That's Greg, 7804960063. Now for Koskinen, this is, uh, what are we up to? Ten starts in the last 14 games. Dave Tippett has been very reluctant to say this guy's the number one, but he did say after the game last night, we have been leaning towards Koskinen. He has been outplaying Mike Smith. I think he starts on Monday against the Vancouver Canucks. Then the Oilers have the, the Christmas break. They play on the 27th against Calgary. They have another three-day break. They play on New Year's Eve against the New York Rangers. Then they go on a road trip, a five-game road trip, where they do not play back-to-back. And then they come home for two games where they play on a Tuesday and a Saturday. And then they have their bye week. So they are not going to have a back-to-back until January 31st and February 1st. I don't necessarily think that Koskinen will play every game, but that schedule sets up where that if the Oilers are worried about fatigue, they don't really have to be worried about fatigue because of the breaks between games. Now, I don't think they're going to leave Smith sitting on the shelf. I think they want to have two goalies going strong, but I think it's we're at the point where they are going to lean to Koskinen. And uh, I don't see his glove hand as a weakness. I mean, maybe it's an average glove hand. Sure, goals are going to go in there, but I, I, I don't see that as a weakness anymore. Certainly not... A, constant worry like it like it was last season. All right, 7804960063 to call and text. Big game for Josh Archibald. We're going to hear from him courtesy GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Maybe uh, just a thought on how, how good it feels to contribute on in that kind of way in a, in a game like this tonight. Yeah, felt really good. Uh, you know, she and I have been clicking lately as a line. Um, and, you know, just be able to put a couple on the board and get a couple in that, you know, it felt really good for the for us. This was timely for your team, too. I mean, you needed to stop the bleeding and uh, did it in pretty decent fashion. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think we've been playing well lately. Just the small things have been hurting us. And, you know, to kind of come back, have a comeback game like we did tonight and uh, play a full six. It was, it was a good feeling. Seems to me like, um, I mean, you wanted to come out and set a bit of a tone physically. When you play physically, you seem to, to be in games quite a bit, hey? Yeah, I think that's a big thing for us, you know. Uh, you get a lot of momentum when you get the big hits, you know, it gets guys excited. So to come out and play physical like that and get a couple early, it was a big boost for us. Team had maybe a little bit of a sag after giving up a shorthanded goal, and it's kind of maybe sag for a little bit there. Was it important to pull yourselves out of that? Yeah, it's obviously always tough when you give up something like that, but I think, uh, you know, the troops rallied and we got back at it, and uh, you know, we played hard. What do you like about playing with Ryan? Uh, you know, we both work hard. We play similar. And, uh, you know, we just we can read off each other. We play simple games. So it's just it's been good so far this year. All right, that is Josh Archibald. Big game tonight as the Oilers beat the Canadians 4-3. You can also text 780-496-0063. This texter says, uh, why did the referee blow the whistle on the crossbar shot by Ryan Nugent Hopkins? 
He was obviously guessing why not wait for the review. Well, in the ref's mind, he wasn't guessing. He thought the puck went in. He was pointing that it hit the, not the crossbar, but the back bar in the net. That's what he was pointing to. So he, he honestly thought it was a goal. They took a look at it because it, it wasn't definite and it wasn't in. But he thought it was in. So that's why uh, that would have been a goal. Phil in Stony Plains says, hey guys, during training camp, Tippett spoke of pairs. Obviously, the top pair should stay together as they complement each other. Cassian adds the uh, extra little bit to justify to keep the line as it is. Tonight's game highlights why our fourth line deserves to main, remain intact. Not only tonight, but for a long period of time. They've been eating up a lot of offensive zone time lately. In general, Jujar compliments them nicely. Don't fix it if it ain't broken. One thing I haven't seen yet and I think may prove to be productive is to try Haas on Nuge's line for half a dozen games to see if they can build some chemistry. Uh, if we are lacking a third-line center after moving Haas to the second line, maybe you can bring Cave up from the farm. Well, I think they like Haas at, at center. Uh, I think they would prefer to have Neal on the second line just because he can shoot. He has not been a great five-on-five five player, obviously, this year. If, if you like plus-minus, well, you won't like this plus-minus, but if you still like that as a stat, James Neal is minus 20 on the season. What was he tonight? Uh, James Neal tonight was, well, minus one. So he's now minus 21 on the season. Yeah, I, I, Kara and Gagne both uh, unable to play tonight. So that's why the lines were uh, the way they were. He, he did talk a lot about pairs. I, I don't really know if they found a pair for Nugent Hopkins. I, I, I think they want it to be Neal, and they've been together most of the time. McDavid and Dreisaitl, in my mind, have to play together. And Cassian's been fine with them for sure. 780-496-0063. We have Robert standing by. Robert, go ahead, buddy. Or, or pardon me, is it Mike next? Who's, who's next, Angie? It is Robert. Okay, Robert, are you there? Yeah, hey, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Um, oh, I want to... I thought uh, I thought tonight overall, I thought they... Uh, thought the Oilers played well. I mean, they, I mean, I thought I thought they showed some uh, uh, resiliency, and uh, Montreal kept battling back. Now, uh, that being said, I want to I want to want to touch on that point. The texter made about moving Hawes up. Um, personally, I don't I don't see Hawes simply because of his size. I don't I don't I don't see him as a a second line player. Um, but. Uh, and, uh, and as far as the the uh, goaltending goes, uh, I think I think yeah, I think they they do need to continue to ride costs. And that being said, I think you still still need to get Smith in there the odd game so he can you know keep his keep his game sharp. I guess you could say even even though he hasn't been great lately. But and then uh, Connor and Leon, you gotta you gotta I think you gotta I think uh, until until this team goes out and finds find some other guys that can. Compliment, compliment the likes of Nuge and, and some of those guys. I think you just uh, you just get to try and leave, leave Connor and Leon together and just hope the as uh, Rob Brown likes to say, hope the uh, other three lines can uh, play even. Yeah, I I, I really believe and, and I, I I think that's what Ken Holland thought going into the season. He tried to add some depth players. He tried to improve the penalty killing, which has happened overall. The PK is having a rough December allowing a goal tonight, so they're below 75% in the month of December, still top seven or eight in the NHL overall. But yeah, I think Holland thought, okay, I probably don't have the money or the trading chips quite yet to go out and acquire a, a true second-line score to play with Nugent Hopkins. So he's thinking, 
you try to play even for 40 minutes and win the game in the 20 minutes that McDavid or Dreisaitl are on the ice together or, or you're on the power play. The formula has worked at times this season. At other times, it's been a bit of a dangerous one because because you haven't had a lot of other ways to win for the Oilers this season. But I, I, I think that the Robert nailed that that's, that's probably what the Oilers are going to have to try to get by on this season. And the goaltending. Now, the question is, riding Koskinen, we're going to find out what that means to Dave Tippett. Like I said, he's, he's now started 10 of the last 14. It'll become 11 of 15, I assume, on Monday against the Vancouver Canucks. Could we see a situation where in the final 40 games, you know, will Koskinen start 28? Could he even get to 30? Could he get to 75% of the starts? If he keeps playing like he has been, they're going to have to commit, commit to him for sure. 780-496-0063 is how you can reach us. Oilers beat the Canadians 4-3. Let's go down to the Habs room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, License and Solvency Trustees. Here's their head coach, Claude Julien. I, I, I'm disappointed. I, I, I felt or we felt uh, like we beat ourselves. Uh, some really bad penalties, uh, you know, the offensive zone and uh, at bad times and uh, some real bad decisions and, you know, two two-on-one goals and uh, uh, we, we weren't, I, I didn't think we were sharp tonight. As simple as that. You know, we battled back and I think uh, that's what you're seeing, a team that never gave up. But at the end, uh, like I said, uh, we we have only ourselves to look at because we beat ourselves. I know before the game, Claude, you talked about the importance of staying out of the box. How frustrating is it for you as a coach when that's the game plan and it doesn't happen? Well, it doesn't matter what I feel like right now. I'm disappointed that we uh, we took those penalties. Simple as that. And, you know, a lot of them in the offensive zone. So uh, those, aren't, those, those aren't good penalties. And, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's why I say we beat ourselves. We gave them what they wanted, the momentum with some power plays. And, uh, and eventually it came back to, to bite us. Coach of the Montreal Canadiens, he said before the game, discipline was a priority. Don't put the Oilers on the power play. Well, they did it five times tonight, a couple of offensive zone penalties, and Nygaard was uh, tripped going out to cover his point in the second period, and that led to the big power play goal by McDavid that put the Oilers up 3-2, and they would hold that lead going into the third. All right, quick break for the 8.30 news and weather. We have Mike Tony. Oh, my goodness, JP has called this evening. Better get out your brass tacks, everybody. JP is on the line. We'll also check the other town scoreboard. 780-496-0063 is the number to reach us. Reed Wilkins in Studio 99. Rob Brown, unfortunately, on the injured list tonight. He's going to rejoin us on Monday. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford on 630 Chet. Back after the news. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, the Edmonton Oilers beat the Montreal Canadiens 4-3 tonight at Rogers Place as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. If you're looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Late in the second period, Avalanche up 2-1 on Chicago. The Sabres beat the Kings 3-2. Ducks outscore the Islanders 6-5 in a shootout. Winnipeg rings up Minnesota 6-0. The Predators come from behind to beat the Bruins 4-3 in overtime. Ryan Ellis got the game winner there. Maple Leafs win at home 4-1 over the Red Wings, who are 9-25-3 on the season. The Flyers get a 5-4 shootout win in Ottawa. Capitals knock off the Lightning 3-1. 
Panthers take down the Hurricanes 4-2, and it's the Blue Jackets winning on home ice 5-1 against the New Jersey Devils. Reed Wilkins flying solo tonight. Rob Brown not feeling great, so he uh, he had to call it a night a little bit early. 780-496-0063. We have Mike standing by who's also going to finish the play this evening. Mike, first, what's your thought of your question, man? Hope you're doing well. I'm doing good, thanks. Hopefully you're doing well, too. I, I wanted to mention, I've been watching all season, of course, the last couple of weeks. I've noticed Dreisaitl, he's been uh, not moving his legs as much. He's more coasting and he's not as decisive as the puck and he's making high-risk plays. A, a lot of people are bringing up the fact that he's probably fatigued and I, I'm one of them. But I'm wondering if him and, I mean, McDavid seems to be in a world of his own, but I think it's affecting Dreisaitl more. The fact that he's playing two-minute power plays, if he's getting into bad habits, because a lot of the time now, he, you don't see him pumping his legs. I'm sure he's tired, but I wonder if he's getting into bad habits just by by playing these two-minute power plays and, and getting ice time that maybe more than he's capable of. What are your thoughts on that? I think that, uh, I, I think fatigue is a genuine concern. Joaquin Gage was on Inside Sports with me a couple of weeks ago, and, and he feels that all the ice time for McDavid and Dreisaitl, he said it's like body shots in boxing. Like, you might yeah. think you're doing okay, but then when you get to the ninth and 10th rounds, you start to, to wear down a little bit. So I think that's a fair concern. I think one thing we've seen from Dreisaitl is that he definitely gets frustrated and he shows his frustration and I think that's when he tries to start making too many individual plays and maybe doesn't isn't as energetic skating as he might be as for playing the entire power play I guess guess I'll put it this way I guess I'll put it this way Mike I agree with you but they don't appear to have anybody else that they really want to put out there because he and McDavid and Nugent Hopkins tend to play the entire two minutes They've been switching. They've been switching Clefbaum for Nurse, and I think in a in my world they would switch Clefbaum for Bear. But I think they're trying to protect Bear's minutes a little bit, and then Neil and Chason usually swap out, or sometimes Nygaard or, or Cassian might come on depending on who else changes. I think that's a fair comment, um, but yeah, I, I think they're just riding with those guys on the power play as much as possible. I mean, tonight McDavid played twenty three forty three. And Drysdale played 23:54, so they were almost identical tonight. I think they'd love to get that down to 20 or 21, and, and that's a good point on a game like this where they had, if where they have five power plays. If you had, if you had a, a, an effective second unit, you might be able to shave two minutes off their ice time. But I mean, again, Tippett Tippett's throwing them out there, and. <laughs> because I think they believe that's the, the, the only chance they have to score on the power play is, yeah. is with Nugent Hopkins as well on the ice. And, see, and, and, and the reason I brought that up is because if you think about it, if you're playing a two-minute power play, you're forced to coast and, and buy energy and save energy when you can, and I feel like that's creeping into his game, and that's the problem. You know what I mean? Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's the whole issue. Yeah, yeah. Could be. It, 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 it could be. I mean, he definitely had a, a few games where, and we've seen Leon do this in the past, it, I, I think in longer stretches than this year, where definitely he, he, he looks frustrated. And he tries to beat guys one-on-one or make, you know, low percentage passes. Exactly. And, and, and it's, it's tough when you see that. But back with McDavid tonight, I, I thought they had, a, as much as we're praising the depth players, I still thought that top line had a pretty good game. <laughs> And especially in the first period to get it going right off the hop like that. Do you want to finish the play, buddy? 
Yeah, let's do it. All right. You already got up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. What do we have? His pass eludes Alex Chason, and the penalty is over. Dry settle to Chason. Went back door. No one home. McDavid, Nugent shoots off the post. Rebound loose in the blue paint, and they whistled it dead. All right. And then they called it a goal, but what ultimately happened, Mike? Was it a goal or not? Sadly, that hit the crossbar, and it was not a goal. You are absolutely correct. Your name goes into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe, adrenaline-pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Bit of a, a strange one. The referee was pointing, insisting that it hit the back bar. It hit the front crossbar. They looked at it. It did not count. But the Oilers would score shortly after that to beat Montreal 4-3. The guy who got the game winner tonight. Let's hear from him. Scores again. His third of the season. It's Riley Sheehan. Uh, well, you know, the win and, and you know, yourself and Josh uh, helping lead the charge to get a real important victory. Yeah, it was a gutsy win. Um, obviously, we weren't satisfied last night with our effort. and um, Just kind of making mistakes in certain areas of the ice and not being totally detail-oriented. So I think uh, tonight was good. Um, chipped in. Uh, everyone chipped in and we played a strong game. I guess, uh, I mean, you and Josh playing together, what do you like about the way he can do things out there and, and you know, why it helps make things happen at times? I mean, he competes so hard, uh, finishes his checks and wins his battles. So um, uh, I think he, he does that really well, but at the same time, he's got some skill and can get in there on the forward check and, and uh, make some plays. So like, he's, like you saw tonight, it was, it was a sweet pass right on, my, right on my stick. I didn't really have to do much. So, um, yeah, he creates a lot of energy for us. There's always a lot of talk about the contributions of Leon Connor. How meaningful is it for other guys throughout the lineup to chip in and make a difference in a game like this? Yeah, for sure. I think the, the teams that do well are the, the teams that have depth, and you see that in the playoffs and uh, down the line. Uh, a lot of guys stepping up, and obviously we rely so much on our, our big guys, and they do a, a great job, and they, they lead our team, but uh, some nights they need some help, so it's good uh, good when we can chip in. What about the... Off a two-on-one with Josh Archibald at 7.48 of the third. That's your game winner tonight. Oilers beat the Montreal Canadiens 4-3, and we'll make Shea in the fourth star tonight for White Eagle Homes, built from the homeowner's perspective. With thousands of personalization options, visit White Eagle Homes. The three stars tonight picked by Hockey Night in Canada, McDavid 1, Petrie 2, who you'll hear from in a few minutes, and Archibald number 3. Well, this guy is uh, always a star. I don't know if he's in the top four. Maybe he's the fifth star whenever he calls in. It is our old buddy, JP. Now, JP, Rob is not here, so you can't bug him for signed memorabilia or to meet him for breakfast or anything like that. But thanks for calling. I don't know why the heck I'm on the horn for this long. If he's not around, I'm, this is the whole point of me calling, was to get Rob. I hope he's listening at home. I know he's under the weather. I hope he gets uh, better. I would love, I would love the nice autograph on the Rob Brown. But let's get down to it. Like you said earlier, trust back, if you don't mind. Absolutely. I want to just simply, well, first of all, read. Thank you for taking the call. And this is the point I want to say tonight. I'm at a family event tonight, a Christmas party day with the friends. I've had a, a few drinks, so I keep it calm. I keep it quiet on the phone. I not get crazy. I am uh, drinking with Dale Emerson. This guy is a Millwood coach le- legend. Uh, the Bowmeister coached this guy, and it's a fantastic time. 
But I just want to phone and say Merry Christmas to you, Ree, for dealing with me all the time. I want to say I hope you have a good Christmas. And all the listeners in the city that uh, like the weather, Merry Christmas. If you don't like weather, then I hope you get cold. I hope you have a horrible... Uh, <laughs> oh, well, uh, you oh, know what I mean. On, I will, okay. No cold, no cold. <laughs> if you don't like If you're a Calgary fan, then yes, you have cold, okay? That's that compromise a bit. But I just want to thank you, Ree, for all the uh, call you let me do. And uh, I love the game tonight. It was a win-win. If it went to overtime, over win for the Oilers, I wanted a three points tonight for... Uh, I yelled at Ayabu a few times tonight for uh, Diaz because in the uh, French. But uh, I'll tell you right now, Reed, I hope you have a great Christmas. Rob, if you're listening out there, Rob, I would love your autograph on Christmas Day. Thank you <laughs> very right, much. Go, I love Thanks, JP. Merry Christmas to you as well. That young man has, uh, has a lot of energy. He really likes Rob Brown. As do I. Oilers over the Canadians 4-3. More time for your calls and texts, 780-496-0063. You'll also hear from former Oiler Jeff Petrie, who had a big game tonight. We're live in Studio 99, Overtime Open Line, presented by Heartland Fort. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Oilers get a 2-0 lead. Canadians tie it 2-2. Oilers get a 3-2 lead. Canadians tie it 3-3. Oilers get a 4-3 lead. Canadians do not tie it. That's your final at Rogers Place. It also means a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from Ascendant Financial. When the name of game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. $25 for every goal the Oilers score throughout the season. 780-496-0063. We have Dan on the line. Dan, you're on with Reed. Thanks a lot for calling, man. Hey, Reed. Thanks for taking my call. I'll just make one comment, and I'll uh, kind of get your thoughts on it. Uh, I know myself and a lot of Oilers fans are pulling our hair out here with Ken Hall, and uh, he's made a lot of good moves. Uh, he needs to go out and get some secondary scoring, preferably a second-line winger. Uh, I know he has a plan where he wants to stay the course, build through the draft, not give up any future assets. But Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are right now. Uh, Connor's a generational talent. Leon is elite. Uh, these, these draft picks that we're keeping are going to be fine in three to five years. But what, McDavid and Dreisaitl will be 30 by then? What is the holdup here? We need to get some secondary scoring on the second line to help Nuge out. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think you're right that Nuge is the guy that's really suffering more than McDavid and Dreisaitl. I think he, well, I mean, he, he said he might do something in January or February. Right? He, he, did, he did say that. I think, I think the holdup... Is important as they are in January and February, though. Well, like, why wait? Well, I mean, but well, right now there's a trade freeze anyway, right? So we're going to be talking about January anyway. I I think the holdup is a the salary cap and b he doesn't want to give up any existing prospects. So, timeline, do you think is acceptable for Holland to go out and get secondary scoring next year, the year after? What do you think is acceptable for him? Oh, this in, in this for next year at the at the latest. Okay, good enough. Yeah, awesome. well, Thanks so much, Reed. Have a merry Christmas, eh? Okay, yeah, you too, Dan. Thanks, merry Take Christmas. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The Oilers get to four today. Whenever they get to five, we turn on the Japanese Village goal light that allows you to print up a coupon 
for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Triple-A steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses at Japanese Village. You would get that on the Oilers page on 630chat.com. All right, Jeff Petrie, the former Edmonton Oiler. Big game today, a goal and two assists. Here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. I think there's pros and cons to it. Um, you know, guys taking you wide on you're playing the left, your sticks on the outside. So I think that's beneficial. But then it's it's different. You know, getting a puck uh, on the on your backhand rather than your forehand. Yeah, your shorthand goal kind of changed the momentum of the game there, and not only did you kill it for you, but you got one back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. Uh, you know, I think we had a slow start, and um, you know they go they go up too, and um, you know, I think that uh, I think changed the momentum a little bit, and I think uh, you know in the second period we we came out had a had a strong start and had a really good period. Um, I think we you know dictated the pace in that period, and um, you know it's uh, gave them a few too many power plays that uh, you know with the. The players that they have is, uh, you know, never want to do. You know, it's been a while, but any significance for you scoring here? Does it feel good? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it does. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I wish it was going to win, yeah. but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We'll How's it going? All right, uh, a man of few words, Jeff Petrie, as his Montreal Canadiens are beaten 4-3 by the Edmonton Oilers. 780 it is Tony calling in. Tony. Hey, how's it going? How's it going, Reed? Good, good. We've been hearing a lot from you lately. Yeah, I know because um, you know every team goes through bad stretches. Every team has a bad month, right? And for some reason, ours is before Christmas. Even though Christmas is supposed to be a good thing. Um, there's a few things I've been wanting to, that I've been wondering the last few the past, few, past few games. How many times do the Oilers win? when McDavid and Dreisaitl both record a point, and how many games do we win when we score a power play goal compared to when we don't score a power play goal? Because it seems like whenever we score a power play goal, we win most of the time, and when we don't, we, that's when we're lacking. Well, I, don't, I, I, yeah, I, I get your point. I don't have the exact stat, but I get your point. I mean, I, I think, uh, did the Oilers have one win this season when neither guy got a point, or do they have zero? It rarely happens. The power plays, I mean, the special teams overall this year have been huge, Tony. The power play has won them games, and the penalty kill has won them games. And they win games because of McDavid and Dreisaitl. And they win games because of goaltending. I mean, that's the formula. It is rare you have a night like tonight where they win games because of depth scoring and depth checking really contributing. And the, and the two big guys still got two points each. And then uh, another thing I was wondering, too, is people may think I'm crazy when I say this, but honestly, I give Mike, I give Mike Smith a start versus uh, the Rangers because maybe he needs just one game where, you know, I don't know. I just feel like if we were to put him in against the Rangers, he would win that. I don't know why. I just feel like, I, I just feel like he would. Well, I think Tippett's going to keep telling us that it's game by game. I don't think he's going to come out and say, you know what, Koskinen's getting four of the next five or eight of the next ten. Koskinen played well again tonight. To me, he deserves to play and should play against Vancouver. Coming back against, I mean, I guess maybe if Koskinen has a really bad game on Monday, they might put Smith in against Calgary. But to me, Koskinen has earned the right to play again if he loses or has an off night because he hasn't had very many of them. 
and I think that they're just not sure at this point that they're going to get a quality start from Smith because really, I mean, he had a good game when they when they beat Vegas. He did ha- he does have a couple of good games since he had that superhuman game against Pittsburgh, but most nights he's been outplayed by the other goaltender and and some nights vastly outplayed by the other goaltender. I mean, I don't know what the schedule is going to be. Could he play against the Rangers? Sure, but I think the way the games are spaced out, you could see Koskinen play Monday, Friday, and then New Year's Eve against the Rangers, and then maybe see Smith on the road trip. Thanks, Tony. All right, 780-496-0063. Edmonton wins 4-3 over Montreal. The Oilers are 20-15-4 on the season. We'll take a quick timeout. We're live in Studio 99. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. David Farrell's down the middle. He's in on that. Rich shot score. And Edmonton regains the lead 3-2. As McDavid drags the puck around Gary Price and buries it for his 21st of the year. A beauty by McDavid late in the second period on the power play. Took the pass from Dreisaitl, sliced through the Montreal penalty kill. That put the Oilers up 3-2. Max Domi would make a really nice move on Darnell Nurse to tie it a minute nine into the third, but Shane gets the game winner, and Edmonton takes the game 4-3. Miko Koskinen, very good in net again for Edmonton. There weren't a lot of shots tonight, but both goalies were very good. Carey Price made 22 saves. Koskinen wound up making 23 saves to improve to 13-6-2 on the season. Here's Koskinen. No, I've been, I think, like, the season when I played most, it was, like, close, over 80 games or something like that, so it's not a new thing. It's just, yeah. Just weren't used to, this is the end of the job, and you weren't playing as well. Yeah, maybe there was, like, a little bit, like, there wasn't any time to, you know, get a practice once in a while and play it. It's past now. Miko, maybe just a just a thought on how much contribution you guys got from the whole team, and when that happens, how how meaningful that is for you guys. It's a huge huge win for us. You know, uh, we really needed, and uh, it was it was great to see the home fans were uh, supporting us today really well, and uh, it was a great atmosphere in the rink. So it was um, also a big big win for them. What is your history with shooting at empty nets? Have you ever done it before? Have you ever been that close? No, I just said, Jim, that that was my first uh, actually clear in the NHL. So I never, <laughs> never, and I didn't try to score, to be honest. I just tried to go to the, over the first four checker, and um, I'm happy that it went. <laughs> Did you think when it was going down the ice that it might go in? <laughs> maybe second, maybe second, but I saw it's going to go wide, so... <laughs> But I was really happy that it went over the first four checker. <laughs> All right, that's Miko Koskinen. He did clear the puck when Montreal had the goalie pulled in the final two minutes. Like you said, he wasn't trying to score. He was just trying to clear it, did lob it high enough to get it down the ice. It did kind of bounce, and for a split second, you wonder, was it going to actually turn and roll into the net? Didn't happen. Wound up being an icing call. The Oilers hung on. The Carey Price was pulled for the final two minutes of the game, and the Oilers were able to hold them off to get the 4-3 victory. Okay, so one more game for the Oilers before Christmas that is coming up on Monday. Of course, we have it for you on 6.30, Chad. The face-off show will be at 6, and then the Oilers at Vancouver will start at 8. 
Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer at 6.30 Ched. Thanks to John Shannon for pinch hitting for Rob Brown tonight. Rob placed on the DL partway through this game. We're hoping to have him back on Monday night. Oilers Hockey is presented by World of Spas. Overtime Open Line is presented by Heartland Ford. You can get more on 630Ched.com and on globalnews.ca. Oilers take it 4-3 over Montreal. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great night.